You're now tuning into the Who and How Club with your host, Eris Dejan. I just listened back to the audio and I'm so upset. I am so disappointed because I was having some technical difficulties with uh, this episode. And uh, I guess I should have done a couple testers and stuff like that prior to. You know, I did a the I did a similar setup to my previous guest episode with Mimi Walker, um, and I set everything up the same with Luke, today's guest. Uh, who's all, who's the host and creator of the Imperfect Podcast. And uh, I don't know, I was just having some technical difficulties. I couldn't get the sound right. Um, so when listening back to the episode, you could barely hear me. In the beginning, you can, and then at some point, you cannot. And I thought it, it would have still uh, came out the way it should have, but it didn't. So I pray, pray, pray that you could at least hear me to an extent uh with the words that i'm saying because uh this episode had a lot of substance in it um but i can't beat myself up about it because everything happens for a reason and if it wasn't meant to be for you guys to hear this conversation it, it doesn't mean that the conversation never happened and maybe the only person that was meant to hear it was the person i was speaking with you know what i mean um so apologies in advance if you can't hear uh both sides of the coin uh for today's episode um you know you guys know i'll bounce back and i'll give you something even better uh for episode 42 and any episode after that let me figure out my technical difficulties out and then we'll get back to regular programming either way do your best to enjoy today's episode if it's hard to enjoy don't hold it against me i feel just as bad as you do (laughs) while listening to it um let's do a little promo read of course uh for valentine's day and for um manscaped you know i can't believe january is pretty much it's pretty much over today's the 28th of january who would have thought that we would make it this far eh? Uh, 28 days into the new year, we're about to embark on a new month. We got Valentine's Day coming up. We also have Black History Month coming up. And I got some special, special surprises uh, coming for uh, Black History Month. Uh, I'm going to be doing something very special for the month of February in celebration of Black History Month. So keep a lookout for that. I'll be announcing that very soon. Uh, You know, Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Uh, You got to make sure that you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job uh, just so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Uh, Two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. I'm one of them, that's for sure. Uh, Your girl can't think of what to get you this year. Well, tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. Uh, The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. 
full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. Uh, I can attest to that. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge uh, ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. <laughs> uh, and let's be real, we've smelled the worst down there before. Uh, speak for yourself. Uh, that's why I'm thankful for their crop preserver uh, and crop reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. Uh, and these products smell good. Their mainly seek, uh, sorry, their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Uh, it's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscapes. High performance anti chafing boxers, easily uh, the comfiest boxers I've ever had. Um, and that's no lie. Like, I'm wearing them right now. And I can, I feel like I could do yoga in them. I feel like I could run a marathon. Like, they're just so comfy. It kind of feels like I'm not wearing anything at all. Um, but, like, the, uh, I don't know how to, you know, use this in the right context but i guess the stretchiness of it it just allows there's so much room and like you don't feel confined down there the their underwear makes you feel very free uh which i enjoy uh complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by manscaped with the same signature scent that's in all manscaped formula this cologne is a perfect complement uh, to the collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code whohow20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping once again with the code uh, whohow20 at manscaped.com and then you'll get 20% off with free, sh free shipping at manscaped.com and use code whohow20 uh, to get that uh, you know, percentage off and that discount. So happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. We got Valentine's Day coming up. Make sure, fellas, just make sure you pass this information along to your girls uh, so that they know what to get you this year. Uh, I might just buy myself some Valentine's Day gifts from uh, Manscaped this year. I don't have a uh, girlfriend, not yet anyway, but we'll see. I got all the Manscaped products I need, but I might need some more. I want some more underwear, that's for sure. Um... I'm not really big on Valentine's Day, but I know, you know, we need we need to celebrate some stuff this year. We need to act a little normal, you know, with whatever's going on in the world. Maybe Valentine's Day is something to look forward to this year. So maybe I'll celebrate. Um, either way, thanks for listening. Thanks for always supporting the Who and How Club again. Uh, try to enjoy the episode. And uh, if you uh, make a mistake or something doesn't turn out or work out the way you expected it, don't beat yourself up. Don't be like me right now because I'm dying because I really wanted you guys and girls to indulge in this content and learn something. But, uh, you know, leave it up to these uh, these machines to kind of not go the way we expect them to go. But more substance is on the way. All right. So enjoy. It's a great way to end the, Jan uh, the month of January and look out for some uh, black history updates. All right. Love you guys and girls. Thank you again. Talk soon. One.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Who and How Club. It is your boy, Eris Dejan, and we are on episode 41 of this, uh, this place where we just share personal stories, personal things about ourselves. We talk to random people, people we know, some people we thought we knew, and sometimes some random ass strangers too. Um, which allows me to segue into who we have on the show today, who's like, I'm going to call you a semi-stranger at this point because we yeah. had conversations, which I normally don't do. With people who I, I, I rarely know, I don't preface with anything. I don't do any pre-meetings. But you and, yeah. I were, you and I were sort of forced onto phone calls. And uh, just right off the bat, we kind of hit it off and we're able to just dive into so many things as if we, that could have been a podcast in itself, like those conversations that we had. Right. Um, So I just want to welcome Luke from the imperfect pod to the show. Let's get some hand claps for him. Get some hand claps for him. This guy's got like the full uh, audio set. Oh, you can hear that? Yeah, I get hand claps. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so welcome to the show, sir. Dude, I'm excited to be here. We vibed pretty well on our first couple calls, so yes, I'm excited for this conversation today. Yes, me too. Me too. Before we get into the the, the you know in depth with everything, I just want to shout out uh, the giveaway winners from last week's episode for Afro Apparel masks. Um, we had a couple ladies who shared their. Um, 2021 resolutions with the show and uh yeah so we we did like this little giveaway contest last week online so the first people to dm me with their resolutions they'll win some free masks which uh, i'll be meeting up with them this week to give them their masks that they won um and we shared their resolutions last week um but we got some more giveaways for for them coming up soon um luke you have any uh 2021 resolutions bro i got 21 2021 resolutions okay we're gonna get into that uh but shout out to uh rahana and mimi as well as olivia i'm gonna be meeting with them this uh this weekend to give them their stuff actually mimi was on our show last uh she was our first guest of 2021 so i gotta send her some stuff because she lives in the states um so she's looking forward to that um going back to you luke i mean yeah, we know you, you got the Imperfect Podcast, which is your show. But talking to you a couple nights ago, I found out that you you have two other podcasts. So you're a host yeah. of three shows in total. Um, what's that process like for you? Like having well, three um, shows? It's it's not too bad. bad. It, 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 like I'm happy I didn't start all of them at the same time because that would have been too much. I was about four months into the imperfect pod when I started the second one, which is called talking hockey. Fortunately that one I do with three other friends. So I have to carry a lot less of the show. It's you don't have to get guests every single time. Um, I, I mainly just edit. I don't talk too much about it. I'd probably talk like the second least on that show. So I, 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 it's nice because I have to do less work. I just do more editing. Um, That's on the hockey one, right? That's on the hockey one. Yeah. So, and I don't edit out much. I mean, we're just four guys kind of shooting the shit and it's, so it's pretty easy. And then the last one I started is called executive corner. I run it for my company that I work at with the transition to uh, work from home. I pitched them on 
starting a podcast because we have access to senior executives at like Fortune 500 companies, some of the biggest companies in the world. And uh, I said, you know, why don't we start creating podcasts about leadership with them? Because we have access to all these people. And we're now like five episodes in, but I've recorded about eight. So um, that one's really cool because I get to talk to like, see like the chief operating officer of Volkswagen North America and interview him about like the, the automotive industry trends in the automotive industry and a lot more. So it's not as hard as it sounds. I know three sounds like a lot, but fortunately I've been doing this for a year and a half now. So it's a bit easier to manage, but it's fun. I like them because they're all different conversations. You know, you're going to have to add like another your, show to the, I know. Your I'm, mic I'm, cut I'm, out I'm, again. I'm, okay. I'm, we're going to have to run with this right now. Okay. So let, let me just explain. So the P4 PodTrack Zoom, shameless, like I'm not an, an ambassador for them or sponsored, but it has two, two inputs right here, right? To connect with the cord. It's actually battery run. But the batteries that I have, for some strange reason, they're not, I guess they're not compatible because they die like this. So there's mm. a specific battery. Not, I can't just put like any Panasonic battery in there because it's going to drain it right off the bat. But if I want to use it in real time, I could plug it in. So there's a USB port. When I plug in the US, from the USB port to the computer, it's supposed to charge. It's not charging. So there's another port that's here that's working for it to charge mm. while I'm using it. So I don't know why it's not charging from the USB port. So that's why the microphone, but it's recording in this right now. So the quality is going to sound legit in here. Okay. But just for you and I over Zoom right now, it's, um, it's using my laptop. Yeah. Because this, this is a mic, but it's, it's USB and XLR focused. So I can just plug it in, which is nice. But I also have the Zoom for when I go and do remotes. But I have a different one. I have like the Z6N or Z4N. Okay, from Zoom? Yeah. Okay. See, I have a USB mic behind me, but uh, yeah, it's the mic I use to like record music. Yeah. Um, so I have like all these mics set up for the podcast. I don't know. It's pissing Got me it. off, but we're going to just run with it. They're going to, the quality is going to be perfect. Uh, perfect. I'm here for it. All right. So going back to the amount of podcasts you're a part of, we're going to have to add one more to the list. And we're, we'll get into that, but. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke and I have been sort of talking about uh, doing something together, which I'm really yeah. excited about. And we've been brainstorming. You want to share with the people like what we came up with so far? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we vibed like right away and uh, just fed off each other's energy. And I think it'd be fun to do like a little mini series. So we've been throwing out a couple things. Um, <laughs> we both had the same thoughts about yes. like everything so the first one we thought of like the mashup was literally like the imperfect who um yeah i th i thought kind of going <laughs> off the the who and how and building like the what and the why what why yeah. club yeah when, I thought and, that was when, really and, interesting. when, when and why, why. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh i thought that would be really fascinating conversation too because it would be more about like life purpose what we're doing and why we're doing it yeah um and then another one is like called balance and and just figuring out that there's balance to everything there's imperfections there's there's uh that's basically what the imperfect pod is about too right it's it's really balancing the imperfect of man and like the ego the i'm perfect of man like that's really where the name came from is i'm perfect and mm. imperfect mm. and and how it's all about balancing those two things to find out 
where you where you lie. So I don't know my life, like my core word. It seems like the last year and a half has been balance, mm. um, and it just keeps popping up everywhere. And so when I met you, and I'm I'm like, that's a that'd be a sick name for a podcast. Why don't we do a poll? Why don't we do a poll online and see what the people think? We'll the the so okay. there's either balance, the imperfect who, or the what and why club when and why when and why man i keep getting it up and the oh. reason and hold on quick question can you hear the hand claps or not i can hear the dog <laughs> okay can you hear the hand claps now oh i can't no uh oh. I, maybe maybe i can i don't know any hand claps or not no can you hear it no no okay see i don't know what the fuck man i gotta figure this thing out. excuse my life um <laughs> This pod track thing, I, it's like a gift and a curse. I don't know what's going on. With it. But anyways, long story short, um, the when and why. Let's share with the people why we said when and why. Because yeah. we, we, first we want to introduce it as sort of like a mini-series. So like six episodes just to test the water. And I presented an idea to you where you and I can focus. The first two episodes will be focused on our path. Mm-hmm. So one episode for your past, one episode for mine. And then the two episodes in between, uh, third and fourth, would be like our present. So where we are in our lives right now, and what you know, what's making us who we are right. Now. Like what have we endured to get to this point in our lives? And then the fifth and sixth episodes will focus on our futures, like the wants, yeah. the, the the visions that we have for ourselves and our surroundings, our, whether it's relationship-wise, personally, just our, our self-improvement our mm. growth, you know, like, what does that look like to us? What do we think our futures are, are going to look like? Yeah. So I was thinking we both go back and forth each of those episodes, like episode one would be just focused on you and I'm interviewing you. And then episode two, you, you come at me and we have like set questions that we ask each other, but those episodes are really focused on that person. Yeah. You know? Like we don't cross. It's just you. Like that's the Luke episode. Then we got the Eris episode. And yeah. But, but covering the same subject. Yeah, and I love that that concept that you had because I think it's so fascinating. Would we ask each other the same questions, like the exact same questions or different ones? For, our- for the past, I think we, I don't know, I want it to be kind of scripted in a way, but not scripted like a, dra- like a drama show or yeah. you know, those scripted shows. But like, I feel like it would be really intense. You know? Like maybe we could do some, find some soundtrack music, like make it like a show. But it's yeah. like a bio, like a profile, like not just a conversation. You know what I mean? Like where we're sharing a piece of ourselves. Like it's like an yeah. audio book in the way. Yeah. You know? that's I like I, that. That's just. You know. Yeah. No, I, I'm down. I think that's, um, I think it's interesting because I haven't been on too many podcasts. I'm trying to go on more this year because like the one thing I do dislike about podcasting and what I've seen from other podcasters is they start a podcast. Corny? Corny? Pardon? Corniness? No, it's not even corniness. It's that this is corny. Just put in this oh, in the this footage is, is corny. This yes, is that's corny. super corny. <laughs> what I one thing I dislike about podcasting is that you see so many podcasters, they start their own, then they start going on other pod podcasts and they start talking like they're the be all end all, like they're the guru of a certain subject. I never want to seem like I'm the guru of of talking about masculinity. I just think it's a really interesting topic and I want to talk about it with a lot of people. Yeah. I want to share my story, I want to share other people's stories, but I don't ever want to be like exalted or held up as someone who people should listen to when it comes to the topic because 
that's not why or what I'm doing in the whole realm. But you see these people, they start talking about podcasters, become a great podcaster, and they start talking about how much everyone should follow their podcasting advice or mental health. This person with no background in psychology, therapy, psychiatrist will will start a podcast about mental health and then they'll start talking about mental health to a, a huge audience when they know only what they've learned from conversations and they're, like, they're mostly self-taught. I find that extremely dangerous in a lot of ways. And I never want that. I know it's a kind of little sidebar, but it's something that annoys me about podcasters. I like the sidebar though, because this is where you and I are balanced. Cause I, I, I kind of like, I don't think that the people we call experts are the experts. To be honest. Like we are the experts, the people who know, know themselves, you know, like to know oneself, who else better to speak about, you know, and we could frame it and call it whatever we want. Like how I look at what I, what I might look at as mental health, like it's the health of your mental you know, like we had, we need that. We require to be thank you for that definition up here. So I, I don't, I would rather listen to somebody who is an expert on themselves and define whatever they're going through in their own unique way. And I know some people will try to compare it or like mirror it to whatever, like how, you know, the textbook stuff, you know what I mean? But I think we're the experts. So I like this though. I like this perspective yeah. that you have. It's it's true. You see people like overcome like the traditional therapy. Like if you think of David Goggins, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but no. he's got he's got like this whole book, Can't Hurt Me. Um, he's like one of the toughest men in the world or voted toughest man in the world. He overcame like a lot of childhood trauma. I'm reading his book right now. And is he is that self-proclaimed or people actually call him that? No, it's like because he did like the Navy SEAL, like he was voted uh, okay. proclaimed. It's not self-proclaimed. It's he did like the toughest Navy SEALs. He's done all the hardest competition, like bodybuilder competitions okay, and okay. like endurance competitions and was voted it that way. Um, and he's someone that's like his whole motto is like stay hard, which is not what I promote because it's it's not really about vulnerability. Um, but it's it's interesting that his style and approach to life would be one that a lot of people look at and say, that's stupid. It, it goes against a lot of, he he talks about in one, in his book at one moment, how he was a speaker on stage with all these um, philosophers and teachers, and they're talking about human capability. And he's like, all these people have stu- studied human capability and, and max performance. I've achieved max performance and they're wrong. Like that's basically what he said in the sense of you can, if your mind can go beyond the level of what it thinks it can, which kind of goes to your point is he mastered his mental health, his, his health mental and was like, the experts are wrong because they haven't actually done these things that I have. But they might've done other things. Like who's to say who's wrong and who's right. Just because, I know. Just because a book has been written or like a school gave you a certificate, it doesn't make you more right than anybody else or the person who's experiencing. You know what I mean? Not to say like no one's wrong and no one's right. It's just based off of your experience, like what you've learned, you know, like, I don't know, like the world's smartest man, for an example, like that's not a real thing. Like there's a person who works at NASA. That person just knows things that I don't know. It doesn't mean that they're smarter than me. They just know things that I don't know. I guarantee you, I know things that they don't know. So like, 
we need to just come together and understand and, and comprehend that and maybe share with each other. There is no such thing as an expert. I truly feel like that. Like you just know something that someone else doesn't know, but guarantee yeah. that person could possibly learn that and vice versa. I don't know. There's some things I could not learn, man. I don't know about you. There's some things I, I could not learn. I could not grasp, which is why it's great that there's so much balance between people's likes and dislikes. Mm. Give me something that you feel like you couldn't learn. Like you wouldn't have the, uh, the capacity Bro. or the patience, whatever. I did physics. Physics makes no sense to me. I know it's <laughs> supposed to be like the most logical math. Physics makes no sense. Biology. I mean, I could learn these things with, with like dedication i'm sure yeah but do i have the interest no not there at all. you go there it is i the liked interest. yeah go 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 and why be why pursue things you're not interested in is my opinion they're such a waste of time and those people who are experts just pursue things that they were interested in so they gain knowledge vast knowledge in those one or a few things in this little you know pocket and they became quote-unquote experts just because they, they, they smothered themselves in the things that they were interested in. And imagine if we do that. I mean, look at us being podcasters or whatever, right? Like one might look at us and say, oh, those guys are experts because mm -hmm. they're doing what they're interested in. They're, they're, they're presenting it like they got quality material. They got this and that. They, had, they know how to hold a conversation. Whatever, whatever the tone you and I might set that someone else might look at from the outside, they're going to be like, oh, we're experts. So what is that? It's true. Yeah. I, I, I just never want to be confused as an expert because I'm like, man, I'm figuring out this life just as much as you are. Mm. I don't have answers. I don't want answers. Well, I, I do want answers, but answers come with good questions. But once you have an answer to that question, then you just get more questions. So, I mean, like for me, the more I've gone on this journey, the less I know about masculinity and manhood. Like I've... Not really. The, I, mo I know more, but I have way more questions than I once had, if that makes sense. So what's a question that you've always wanted an answer to, but haven't found that answer yet? It could be of any. Like what's, just a, what's the first thing I came to your mind? I guess in the realm of, of masculinity, it's like what, what is it? Like, like it's, it's a simple question. But like, what is it and why do we all feel the need to search for it? Like, what is it? What is like humans goal on earth? <laughs> like, you know, like what, why do we all feel born with a question that we're looking to answer through our entire because, lives? Because we don't know where we come from. And exactly. Like you can talk about consciousness, God, spirituality or whatever, but yeah. the, you cannot deny that. Or we don't know who created us. Yeah. Like we, we know we come from somewhere, but we don't know why we were created. Like why. We yeah. And, and I think that's like the biggest question is that we're all trying to figure out is literally what are we doing here? Like, what am I doing here? How do I fit into this? And I think it gets a lot more complicated when you have 7.8 billion puzzle pieces or whatever the population is now versus when you had 100 people living in a farm. Everyone kind of had set roles of what they were supposed to do in that community. Now, as you live in urban cities, you look around, you're like, what the hell is the point? I'm literally sitting in an office chair. Industrialization screwed me over. 
<laughs> there's like a lot of different things of of how the question comes about or i think there's a lot more like confusion as you know multiculturalism is a great thing and high populations are a great thing because there's way more people to learn from and grow from but it also creates a lot more questions about where do i fit into everything so i think that's the question that i've always wanted to know and seek out is like what are we doing here and then you always hear that like corny line of oh life without god is like a pencil there's no point or something like that. I don't know. I, there's some sort never of joke or reference. One. I never heard that one. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, okay, I don't get it, but sure. Just cause you know, God doesn't mean that there's a point to living or life. Cause I know a lot of confused Christian Muslim Islamic religious people. So I think we're all here to, to search out that question. So what about, mm, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think we call God God because we don't even know their name, you know? or like that's just a name that whoever our creator is, if we do have one, I'm sure we do. Uh, this could be just a dream. This could, this could be a sim, a simulation, you know, like we, we have no idea what any of this is. Uh, technically, I, I, so I watched a TikTok the other day that says we are a simulation based on the definition of a simulation is that at some point the universe has to be like like boxed in at some point i don't like that i don't like someone saying we are one i like people who say maybe we are one. <laughs> someone who says we are a simulation i don't trust them <laughs> but a person you who questions so, that i'll trust them more than... so do you believe in objective truth or no because so far i'm getting that there's no such thing as objective truth for you who is to say who is to confirm that? It's just based off of your experience, what you what you have up in here. Who's to say what truth is? Yeah, you can have your own truth, of course, but just be make aware, make it aware that that's yours. That's not the truth. That is not, you know, just someone who wrote something in a book. That's still someone who wrote it in a book. Another person <laughs> that bleeds just like you. So. What is what is truth? We know what lies are. We know what lies are because that's something that we could deliberately withhold from somebody. So lies, lies exist. What truth is though? I, I, we don't necessarily know because the truth is to to each his own kind of thing. I'm talking about universal truth, like how we got here and stuff like that. You know, mm. in my opinion. So lies exist, but truth doesn't. That fucked I'm, just trying up, to, I'm trying to map my head around that. Because if truth doesn't exist, then lies can't exist. Yeah. I feel like I could lie to you right now, right? Like, okay, what's the difference between a truth and a lie? Let's break that down. Because you could believe it. You could believe both. The difference between the truth and the lie is one is true and one is not. But who knows that? Who knows? Who knows which is which? So, yeah. So, so lies can't exist if you don't know. I could say anything. I could say I was born a fucking horse. <laughs> who's, yeah. to, 
who would know if that's the truth or the lie? Only maybe the person telling it. I mean, that's hundred percent a lie. In my is, world, is it? <laughs> in my world, that's one hundred percent a lie. Maybe I was born a minotaur. Who knows? <laughs> or a centaur? Like you know, and like, that's uh, it's a bit beyond my comprehension. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you tell me you've been here before. You've been on this planet before. You come from a different world or whatever. And I call, I say that's a lie, but what if it's the truth? Like, that's your truth. Maybe you truly believe in that. Like, but I think that, you, that excuses negative behavior that could be damaging to people. Like, in my, the, there needs to be true and false. Hmm. Huh. Just how there needs to be good and evil. Because life is about balance. You know, one thing I always find very funny is in the whole realm of of jesus right people say <laughs> people say he was a good man yes but he's really only a good man if he's telling the truth <clears throat> if he's not the son of god then he is an evil man <clears throat> because if you're declaring that you are a son of god you're misleading a bunch of people for millions upon millions of years that that would be evil no but what if what if people were following the wrong guy, right? So so to your point, like that, yeah, that's evil. Yeah, that would be the the point. Then is that he is either the son of God, or he is evil. There's no really in between. He's so are lies evil? evil? Let's let's break that down. So then either so then either way, if if yeah. if he is right, if if he is the son of God, God exists. If he is evil evil exists so satan must exist either way you're pointing out to the fact that there's good and evil a higher power that is good and a and a lower power that is evil so no matter what you think realistically it seems to me like there is a deity of good and a deity of bad well, that's my, that's more my point is that there's a balance so there, there can only be two things and the good and evil must exist the, the 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 perfect and the imperfect must exist and then there must be balance well anything perfect is evil so what happens what happens when what happens when uh, a good person lies they're human that doesn't turn them into like do they are they switching sides at no. that point when a good person whatever a good person is right like what's a good person even there's a really good quote um, in one of the books I've been reading. It's called Tribe of Mentors. And in it, it talks about how morality is what we apply to people that we don't like. Like this whole idea of um, you, you see like you and I, right? If you did something rude to me or whatever, I could forgive you for it because I like you. Like, I don't hold you to the same moral standard as someone who I don't don't know or don't like. Like, if you think about cancel culture, that's really all cancel culture is, is you're holding people that you dislike to morality, that to a morality level that you don't apply to those around you. Yeah. That is one of my favorite quotes of all time because it's so true. So what is moral? What is bad? How do we apply it to different people is really different. So if, if a good person lied to me, and I know that they're a good person because I have a relationship with them. I know them to be good. So I know that their lie was probably meant with good intentions. Yeah. Or I would give them the benefit of the doubt. If they are 
a stranger and I, or I dislike them, I will not apply morality to them. I will provide negative context to that situation. So yeah. no one is really good or evil, but we consider people good or evil. And then from there, we judge them on their morality or their lie. Yes. Oh, I can hear you again. Yeah, I'm testing something out as you speak, but go. No, that, well, that's, so, it. that's the end of my point. So what are your thoughts on that, though? Do you agree? Or is that how you operate? That when it comes to uh, uh, no, I try to apply morality to everyone. Try to apply uh, human expectations to everyone, knowing that people are flawed individuals. Do I give them like a pass? Depends on what they did. But like, if you think about people in a lot of pop culture, or people in cancel culture, or how people think about people, you know, people think Biden's a great guy. I'm sure he is. But I mean, like he's still, or you look at Kamala Harris, right? People are very happy for her. It's great that there's a first woman vice president. But I mean, like you, you, you don't apply the same morality to her, a Democrat, as a Democratic person, as you would if you were, if she was a Republican woman, hundred percent. Because you see the Democrats tear down people, women of color, women in general, of Republicans because they have a different morality code. So like, it's the same kind of idea of. Like, why can't we just apply the same morality code to everyone? But then you have to come to it from a perspective of, okay, what is moral? What is not? Who wrote the moral code? Is it the Bible? Is it the Quran? Is it Buddha? Like, who wrote this moral code? And that's where you get a lot of disagreements too. I don't know if any of this is making sense. I'm just kind of talking, but I think it's trying. I'm trying to connect all the dots here. No, I see. I see. Let's, let's scale it back. Let's go back to, because I, I hear you. I hear you on that. And I'm not. Like, I feel like, oh, my God, hold on. Leave it alone, please and thank you. Thank you. Your mic cut out again, by the way. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, but it's through the computer again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we're not going to figure this out okay. today. I got to look into this thing. It was working for like 30 seconds there. No, because I switched something. Hold on one second. Okay. Sorry, the dog was trying to um, take down the drapes. <laughs> All right. Classic dog. All right, let's go back to this. Uh, we just covered like so much ground, but I don't know where to go back to. I wanted to go back to good and evil for a second, but you had said something. Yeah. Um, lies and truth. What is our moral code? Let's yeah, go lies back and to truth is where this came from. Okay, when's the last time you lied about something? Shit, probably like today. I don't know. Like, micro, there's probably a micro lie I had today or a lie I told today that I don't really know. I don't really remember if it, if I said anything. You, t you tell so many different lies and so many different truths, it's hard to know what's true anymore, right? So how the fuck do this we This guy's just that dying. That's what I'm talking about. Like, no one can, mm. can tell anymore. Like, and it's okay. I think it's okay. I think that that... I don't know. We choose what we want to believe in. You know, even if you told me something that's so truthful about you, I could choose to not believe that about you because I might see you differently. Just like in the promo mm. today, in the promo on uh, IG, I mentioned that, uh, you know, like I think when you and I had a verbal conversation, we're going to jump. This is, we'll all segue into how you and I have come here today and like how we met and stuff like that. 
but um, the, the few conversations that we've had, like, I think you had made a comment that you're not like an artistic, you're not really artistic or you don't have an artistic mind. So you made some sort of comment. But like right off the bat talking to you, I feel the opposite. Like I feel, I, I see the artist in you. You have mm. like, a, there's no limit to your brain. I could already see that. And if you can have a conversation with me, who's all over the place and stuff, I can see you're artistic. <laughs> Because I'm artistic myself. Autistic, mm. artistic, whatever. whatever. I, know, I, I like to merge those two words. Exactly, me too. So um, we choose what we want to believe in. You know, we choose what we want to believe. I was in a relationship for six years with a girl that, like, I tried to be as honest with her as I could, and she just chose to stick around, even though I was, to me, I was as honest as I could be to her. But she chose to not believe the things that I told her. She thought I was, however she saw me, she thought I was that. Even though mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm this. But she chose to stick around because she saw me as this. And whatever, you know what I mean? But Well, it's, it's interesting because there's, there's got to be a healthy, healthy dosage of seeing yourself the way other people see you. Yeah. But also... What I, one thing I've realized is it's really hard for people that you've met to see change. Like you could meet, I could meet a completely different person like yourself who would tell me something about myself. That's completely different than someone I met six years ago, even though I think the person that you proclaimed I am to be the most updated version of who I am. So that's one thing that I think about quite a lot when it comes to my friends is, is why haven't they seen change? Like what is holding them back from getting them to see this progression of myself? Are they still thinking of me as the past person, as the person who I was when we first met? Because I am still part of that person, but I've also grown a lot. And it's like one of those things where like, if you take a picture every day, it's easier to see a lot of the change. But if you bet like a year, like, you know, it's, it's harder to notice constant change if you're with them every day whether if it's a beard or a weight loss but if you compare a picture from a year ago to today it, it's really easy to see change i think that's how like friends see your change the one that's you, you see every day is that it, the change can get lost and you have to try to like show them the transformation that has taken place over a year rather than the day-to-day -day, which is why sometimes it's easier to reconnect with someone five years later that you never talked to you like you didn't have a good relationship with and all of a sudden you hit it off versus accepting that the people in your day-to-day -day life aren't really the most supportive people in your life anymore. So that's one thing where it's like, you have to balance the idea of you changing as a person and the other person in your, and taking the other people in your life's like word for it. And then comparing all of that across like different timelines of, of how you think you've changed. Well, we, yeah, I, we have to change. But like our core don't change, like doesn't change. But I feel like the ex, not the exterior, but like, do you get what I'm saying? Like you change, but you don't change at the same time. Do you get, do you get I think, that? yeah, I, I think what happens is that whatever is deep down inside of you comes to fruition, but you've canceled out, you've, you found out a lot of different things. You tried and aired a lot of different things and you know, it doesn't work with coming out of that core. So it's, it's more like your approach has changed rather than like you as a person. Mm. Yeah. You'll always be you, I guess, just a different version of you. The part of you that grows is like, 
it's like the little things about you. Do you hear? Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to play it off and you keep acknowledging it. But yeah, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'll, no, I'll stop funny. acknowledging I it. Think, I think in the last episode with Mimi, I think that I was, I was listening back to the episode. I'm like, God damn. But, Sounds um, like he was attacking a water bottle. No, he is attacking something. That's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. I love him, though. His name is Apollo. 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 Cute. Yeah. But let's talk about change and growth. Like, are they synonymous? Would you find that change and growth are synonymous with each other? Like, what is change and what is growth? Hmm. As a person, as a being. Can you have one without the other? When you grow, do you change? Or when you change, do you grow? I think change is a result of growth, not growth as a result of change personally. Mm. Um, I think growth is more active and change is more inactive, like, or, or growth is more proactive, sorry. And, you know, how are, so resolutions, you're not trying to change, you're trying to grow. Through growth comes change. Mm. I don't really see... Because change is, is hard, man. Change is, comes through consistency, persistence, things that come from growth. So that's how I would explain an answer to that question. So when is the last time you had to change something about yourself or you changed? Um, like what, does, what does change look like for Luke? Well... So kind of going back to what I, with resolutions, I set 21 resolutions for myself in 2021. Just kind of worked out that it was 21 and 21. I'm like, you know, let's keep it even. Let's keep it clean. And some of them are different things. So there's health, there's growth, there's creativity, and there's self-awareness. Those are like the four categories of what I'm trying to look at for this year. And self-awareness was more about like gratitude every morning, meditating every morning, messaging people that I'm thankful for them actually like actively showing gratitude, trying to start therapy. Cause I think, I don't really think I need therapy. I don't have what I know any mental health issues, but I know that a lot of people that go to therapy, they've gotten really good self-awareness techniques from it. And that's more what I'm looking for. Like, I, I don't think there's any harm in trying it. So I actually got a call just before I came on here, planning it for sometime next week. Um, Congrats on that one because therapy, therapy is on my list for this year as well. Yeah. So that's one. Creativity is like, you know, being dedicated, posting on Instagram every day, trying out different ways of creating content for this, starting a newsletter, um, being a little bit more like trying different either prose or poems. So I think when it comes to me or this year, like I really put an emphasis on growth, but more through like consistency persistence, patience, um, not really putting a focus on the outcome, so much more putting a focus on the consistency. Because I think with consistency comes growth and with growth comes change, as we kind of just talked about. But I've seen how I've handled situations with friends in the past. You know, I'm a very reflective person. I have, a, I have like seven journals, notebooks on the go at all times. Um, so I can write down my thoughts easiest where there's access to a notepad or pen and paper. So... I guess I'm constantly changing, but I 
I haven't really radical change is never going to happen. It's not consistent. It's not sustainable. So I don't think of moments where I saw change. I think of moments that inspired me to grow and then change came as a result. The um, Going back to the therapy thing that you said, I feel like you don't have to have mental health issues to, to go into therapy. You know, like truth, truth be told, we all have mental health issues. Like everyone does. Every person on this planet does. And I think we need to break that stigma too. Like it's not just because you have problems or issues, quote unquote, that's why you go see somebody. You know, when I was younger and I was in, um, I was in foster care, like from the ages 13 to, to 18, um, you know, the first thing my worker wanted to do was, you know, make me go see somebody because I was quote unquote angry. Well, of course I'm angry. Like, let me feel please. Like, who wouldn't be angry about this? That doesn't mean I need to see anybody. But then you fast forward to my life now, and I'm like, I'm craving to speak to someone that I don't know, that doesn't know. Just to get, like, that outside looking in perspective, from the outside looking in perspective. Like, I think the best thing a person could do is talk to people you don't know. When I used to take the train and the bus, I used to talk to strangers all the time. Those were, like, the best. Those were so. It was such... It was so therapeutic, but now that I can't do that, it's like I I need someone that I don't know to talk to. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Just to just to get that feedback to be someone to be your soundboard. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. when it's someone you don't know. And that's why Humans of New York is so huge. Is literally you can share with, and I've always thought this too. It's so much easier to share with someone who almost doesn't know you, who will you'll never talk to again because it's like a fleeting conversation, one that will never come back to you, for the most part. Like, well, you it's, learn something new all the, every time, whether every it's about single yourself time. or someone else. Right? My friends have always said it's almost annoying how much I like talking to strangers because if we were going to like a concert or anything like that. We're in line. We're at a store. Like I'll, I'll talk to literally anyone. Yeah, my, yeah. my, I get roasted all the time by my guy friends because it's like uh, we're 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 talking about automation, and then my friends will always call me a boomer because I don't go through self checkout because I'd rather talk to a cashier. Me too. All me my too. friends are like, "Why the hell would you talk to a cashier?" Me too. Like I haven't talked to a cashier in years, and I'm like, I don't know. I just like human interaction. I like just being able to either make someone's day or something like that. Uh, on the train, I had a couple, met a couple of friends when I commuted downtown and I, that's something I enjoy. It's one of the reasons I started the podcast is that I talk to strangers. So my friends have always said that I like talking to strangers more. And it's actually interesting. Um, I didn't know you were from foster care. I actually have an episode with a guy. He's all from foster care. Like it, he grew up in it and talking about the emotion of anger I, man, something I think that's really broken because my podcast is all focused on masculinity and manhood. Anger as an emotion has been demonized amongst men. Hmm. It's still an emotion that you have to feel. There's nothing wrong with feeling anger. There's a problem with acting out in violence when you're anger or harm to someone else or harm to yourself. That's where it comes wrong. As an emotion, though, it's not a bad emotion. But also, another thing I've learned is that men are so bad at emotional intelligence that we label things basically like we're, we're basically twofold in our brains. We, we label them as happiness or anger. Like there's really no other emotion that no we gray. have. We, there's no gray. There's, there's no, no gray. Between. Like yeah. why, 
why why can't anger be sadness disappointment hurt yeah, yeah. shame and all these different emotions like anger is just like uh, a higher level way of being too lazy to break it down into different funnels two extremes there are two extremes that's it that's yeah and and men need to understand that there's so many more emotions that they can feel in those ranges that oftentimes anger isn't really anger it's like resentment it's it's pain because you weren't able to someone like made your opinion worthless you're not angry you feel invalidated you feel look at uh, you being the sad. expert on emotions <laughs> <laughs> man these are more I than just this. reflections i love this. but I love this. Yeah. anger has been demonized amongst men but two men need to become more aware of of the depths of anger and, and well, how they don't, they don't much feel, deeper it goes they don't think they're allowed to feel luke no some men, they don't we won't say all men but some men majority of course what we see in north america especially like they're taught not like they're not allowed to so they don't even know how to tap into those emotions some men aren't even in tune with their own emotions because they're, they were taught they're not allowed to feel mm -hmm. those things you know and like you were saying, like, it's just one end of the, it's, it's either one end or the other uh, of the sword. Like you're either really happy and joyous and that's the way to be, or you're like this big beastly being that's about to cause destruction to either themselves or others. You, there's no in between. Mm. So men don't know how to feel. No, they don't men are taught how to react. feel. No. They don't ha know how to give them adequate names of their emotions, which is again, yeah, going back to that therapy, therapy comment, like, I know that not every, you don't have to have mental health to go to therapy, but that's one of the stigmas against it, which is why I, I'm proving that, you know, you can just seek it out. You can just That's go. why men don't go because they don't yeah. oh, nothing's wrong with me. I'm a man. Yeah. How can anything You can be always wrong? grow. Like I'm doing it pr mostly out of growth and, and I want to grow in self-awareness because I have conversations with my friends who've been through therapy and I'm like, wow, they're actually really well equipped or equipped to handle a lot of their emotional distress. And I, w I wish I had that, that, that toolkit. Like, so I'm going to go get it. Just go get it. Like, it's not that big of a deal to just go get a tool. Like, I'll think about it like this. All these rough, rugged men talk about working on a trade, working on a craft, building a canoe. You can't build a canoe with one tool. You got to have many different tools. You got to know when to use them, add them to your toolkit, invest in that toolkit in order to make a final product. I think of myself as a final product. I think of therapy as a tool in that toolkit that I can harness and use to grow and get, get better at myself. I agree with you. Yeah. And sometimes that toolkit isn't it isn't full filled with wrenches and, and hammers and stuff. It's like what marks. Sometimes it's a paint, chainsaw. Paint it's like a, it's like this magnificent huge machine that doesn't even fit in a toolbox. It's one that that, but it's one that you need to cut the biggest pieces of wood. So yeah, yeah you can hammer two things together, but a like circular saw needs to cut the the large pieces of wood. Sometimes you need a freaking hammer mill, uh, to to cut down trees and stuff. So. But sometimes like, a man a man won't be cutting down trees. Maybe a man's a collector of art. Or um, I'm a collector you know, of Coke like, bottles, if you can see. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> whatever these men things are and these analogies and stuff, like we really have to break them down and show men that like it's cool, man. Like I'm a I'm a feeler. Like I'm an emotional person, but I also don't like to use the term emotional or you're too emotional because there's no such thing. 
You know, you either everyone should have emotions. You know what I mean, and I'd be able to express them or however, however they want. Is there a bat on your wall? Is there a bat? No. What are you looking at on the wall? Oh, I have another You're monitor here. Up. I was looking up something. <laughs> what were you looking up? Uh, I was looking up that um, emotional chart because I know that there's like a emotional chart that I'll, like it's like two two in the middle, then four, then eight, then sixty four or something. Mm -hmm. And I was it's like a grid. That. It's a grid, right? It's a grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A circular grid. Yeah, I know. I'm aware of it. So if we go back to like foster care days, right? Like, thankfully, my mom raised me a certain way where, like, okay, I'm okay to feel. I don't need to talk to anybody right now, even though I'm 13. You know, like, the reasons why I want to talk to someone today are not because of the reasons that someone thought back then. Mm. You know, so, like, you have to reflect on yourself and look at your story. Look at how, how you've grown, what you've come from, what you've made it through. And only you can tell when it's time to do, to make like a drastic step like that, like going to therapy. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is your reasoning behind that? Like what sparked it? Go, me wanting to go to therapy? Correct. Honestly, just the fact that I am not as good at self-awareness as I thought. Like it's, it's it really nothing sparked it too much. I don't really think I had childhood trauma. I don't really think... I had a lot of the reasons. Or you, don't, or you know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I maybe it's one of those things that's a truth or a lie, you know? My, <laughs> my, my truth is that do I don't think... Do you feel like I, we all suffer childhood trauma? Let's, let's, let's... Do you think we all do? I like think people, we all do. I mean, people say that, but I literally reflect on my life and I think... I don't... I, like, there's nothing that I can think of that sticks out as childhood trauma. Um at least for me. And, and that's part of, probably part of the reason I want to go too is to see uh, if I do the have day. any. Yeah. yeah. And so one's to dig. And then the other one is literally just to, you know, improve my self-awareness. There, there wasn't really much deep into it. I don't think uh, I probably can't give you too much of a, a deep answer because that wouldn't be my truth. And I, I don't want to lie on your show. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't know why? Or no, I do know why. It's to dig and today. and uh, <laughs> because I want to practice self awareness. That's like that's it. Literally, it. There's no okay. big. You asked for like a big moment. I don't have a big. No, moment. No, no, no. I, I, I'm gonna. Cha I'm just challenging what I'm listening, what I'm hearing. So oh, okay. So let me ask you this: now. You do you, you think you can obtain self awareness by speaking to another person? A hundred percent. And why is that? Is because that is that is that self-awareness? Because it's the awareness of self. How do you gain that from another human being? By they can ask better questions. Okay. Like self-awareness is mostly about asking yourself questions. But mm -hmm. who I don't know the blind spots of myself. I don't know the blind spots of of asking questions. I can go to a trained professional and they can help me ask questions. Mm. You know, it's like a person can share their own story, but they might not understand part of their story until they have someone question part of their story or, or ask them questions. Like I could, you can ask me a profound question about my story that I never thought of that mm. completely changes an aspect of what I'm thinking about what my story thought. and yeah. myself. Yeah. So yeah. 
a hundred percent. I, I think it's kind of uh, ignorant to think that self-awareness can only come from self. Mm. Okay. I think we know ourselves best with the pieces that we're given. I don't think that we can only find answers within. Like, right. well, so, we can only find yeah. answers. We can only find answers within ourselves, but we can be asking ourselves completely the wrong questions. Yeah, yeah. You can't do anything by by yourself, right? Yeah. You need. So I, I'm just picking your brain to see what you're. What yeah. That process. All right. Because, like, I think for me, um, like I've done well on my own thus far. Now I'm feeling like it's time to bring somebody else in. And I still yeah. have some people who have helped me, like my mother and conversations with family and relationships that I've been in. I've learned a lot about myself from being in those relationships or friendships, you know. So I agree with you for sure. You learn yeah. more about yourself when you're when you can see yourself interacting with others. Like when you yeah. remove yourself from yourself and you're looking at yourself on how the role you play in this thing, you learn more about yourself for sure. And, and I, it's funny because I've had these conversations with people about um, couples therapy. And I say, you know, as soon as I know someone's going to be my wife, I want to go to couples therapy. And they said, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Like, like you right off the bat in the beginning? Yeah. Like right after we get engaged, like once I know that they're going to be my wife, we're engaged, put a ring on it and everything like that. Couples therapy. And they, I've had friends be like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do it? And they're like, well, you, you only go to a mechanic if your car is broken and i said a marriage isn't a car like a marriage is two people coming together and why would you normally when you go to therapy for that it's years of resentment that have bottled up why even do that why not be proactive why not try to discuss and, and open the lines of communication that's like the whole point of going to therapy is opening communication from the start so why not just open the lines of communication and learn as young people what it will take to create a successful marriage. That's just my opinion. I've had people laugh at me and I don't care. I'll still do it. Oh, man. I, ladies and gentlemen, this is why Luke's on the show today because he's an outlier, similar to myself. He thinks differently. <laughs> he, I would do the exact same thing. Like those are plans of mine. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's crazy to meet somebody else that has that same like sort of plan or idea in their mind, in their brains. Like, yeah. Okay. Question. I have a question for you. I know we're not at yeah. the question segment for you from me, yet, but <laughs> this is one, this will be one of my questions now. Yeah. Um, do it while this guy stopped moving. This, this dog over here, popcorn. Does, does it like blow your mind when you ask people questions and they say they've never thought about that before? Like, like when I ask people about the therapy thing, I've never even been in a relationship. Right. I've never, I've never dated anyone long-term. I've been on dates before, never dated anyone long-term, but I still have actively chosen to think about this. And, and when I talk to people that have been in relationships for like four or five years, it blows my mind that they've never thought about it. They like, they honestly don't even think about marriage sometimes. Does it blow your mind that people don't think about it? Fuck that Luke. Fuck that. Let's talk about how people who are in relationships do not even speak to each other about or speak to one another about how they feel about each other like for an example right like the next relationship i'm in whatever however that looks whatever right 
I want to speak to that. Like, I don't want to hear that that person loves me before, like, without finding out why they love me or, like, what love looks like to them. Like, mm. we have to define what that looks like to each other. Like, sometimes when people get to get with each other or get with whatever, in, in a, whatever, you, you, hear, you hear someone say, oh, I love you. And the other person's like, oh, yeah, I love you, too. And then that's enough for them. They're like, yeah, let's just go on our day. And what do you do? We love each other. Look at us. Bitch, how, do you know? Do you know what that love even looks like? You just heard someone say they love you, dummy. So find out what that looks like. Like, how do they love you? What about you mm. makes them love you? Like, define the love with one another so that you could become this blossom, this blooming onion. Like, fucking, like, become, become one with that love that you say you have with each other. Like, that was a mistake I made in past relationships. Everyone said they loved everybody. Until my last relationship, when I was like, you know what? Stop loving me. Love is not enough for me. Like, I don't, mm. love is not enough for me. I require more. I want to give you more. But let's define those. What does more look like? What does our love look like? Because you can't just say, I love you. So, yeah, it does boggle my mind. It, it used to. Nowadays, I expect it because everyone's so generic. Everyone, they don't, they don't use their brains. They see what they see and they see whatever they've gotten on the external is enough for them so mm. they're cool with just moving with the with the motion like this sorry but me i'm like this i'm gonna test shit i'm gonna test a girl out i'm gonna test I, I want you to hate me hate me first before you love me and if you can't love me after you hate me fuck you <laughs> like oh we don't goodness. we don't belong with each other you got you some know? kanye energy right now bro no <laughs> I believe in the challenge. I believe in the challenge. I, I respect it. that. I respect that. And like, you know, it's, it's funny because it brings me back. So I interviewed my dad on my podcast, which was really, really, it was like a two hour conversation. We recorded on my birthday at my favorite place, my college. What's your birthday? What's your birthday? September 5th. Okay. Yeah. But it was like a, a highlight of my life for sure. It was, it was the interview that I was thinking about, like from the moment I started my podcast and I only was able, I only had the balls to do it. I know not to use gender terms, but like I only had the balls to do it uh, at like 40 episode 41 or 42 or something, something crazy. We're on episode 41 today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fate. Um, and he, he, I asked him the question about, you know, is it, was it hard? Is it hard for you to tell your kids that you love them? Because wait, 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 sorry, kids, sorry. Hold on. 41, four plus one is five and you're born on September 5th. Too. All right, just, you stop looking for up. for all up. these universal. No, songs. you're a Virgo and I'm a Taurus. That's why we get along. Oh, do you believe in that? Adjacent. Adjacent. Okay, a, Adjacent. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, as yeah, so like my dad, I asked him like, was it hard to communicate to your children that you love them? Because like a lot of dads, a lot of people I know, like my dad never told us that he loved us. My dad, I remember him telling us when we were younger. And, um, he was like, well, you know, it was interesting because he, he did tell us that he loved us, but only when he felt that it was necessary to do it. Um, because my mom's family would say like, I love you as like a goodbye. Right. And my dad was like, that's so weird. Why do they say I love you as like a, as a greeting? Like you should only say it when you mean it. And so it's, it's, you do have to explore 
how the other person loves, what love looks like to them, whether they come from a, like, honestly, as much as it might not seem it matters coming from a broken home or not, it does matter with an effect, how that person views relationships or not. Like a lot of things about their childhood affect how they see happy relationships, manageable relationships. And you do have to figure that out before you commit. And in my opinion, and you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for my parents because of that. They always said love is a choice that they make daily. Some days they don't love each other, but they wake up and they choose to love. Love is a choice. She's my mom's like, yeah, you fall in love, but once you fall in love, love is a choice. You don't fall out of love. You it's constant work. It's constant action. It's yeah. constant understanding. You're choosing to continue and to, You're, to do it's a that choice. with that person. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's, it's basically bullshit that it's not. Yeah. I semi-agree. I like, I 95% agree with you. There, just the love thing. Like, I truly believe that if, the, if you don't feel love for someone though, you shouldn't. The, the whole it being a choice thing can, can go either way because are you forcing it? Mm. Like if you're choosing to love someone, is that, is that synonymous with forcing it now? Like, do you, cause do you truly love them? Or is this just a decision you're making to stick with because you're afraid to detach yourself from that? So I still want to have that feeling in place as well. Cause love is like a feeling that we don't even know how to describe, right? We use the word love to define a feeling. We don't know how to define it's just this universal word that everyone uses and thinks that like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean when you say this, mm-hmm. but you don't know what I mean. That's why you have to have that conversation, you know? So I do believe that like if you are choosing to be with that person, there has to be some some feelings there too, like that love. I don't disagree. I think that's like there's got to be some sort of underlying thing there um, for sure. It's just – more against the idea that people make their happiness a priority all the time. Yeah. And I think it's one of the problems with the world right now is that my happiness is more important than your happiness. It's like, there's no sacrifice. There's no mm. compromise. Mm. And in a relationship, it's well, rule a number, lot of compromise. Rule number 12, never compromise yourself. For anyone. Is that, uh, is that uh, Jordan Peterson? No, that's Eris. <laughs> Who the uh, Rule number 12, you never compromise yourself for anybody or anything. So what are your thoughts on that? You can compromise without compromising yourself. Hmm. Compromising yourself. Dive deep, deep, deep dive. Let's go. Compromising yourself is like your morals and your ethics. Not, Hmm. not like, well, well, think about this. Is love higher on the scale than getting what you want? If so, then it's, more compromising to choose your own happiness than compromise loving the other person. So if, if your decision in this situation is okay, I love my wife so much or my girlfriend or significant other or whatever, I love them so much that I want them to be happy. And that would fuel that love. Then your happiness is lower on the scale. So you would actually be going against your own compromising of self if you chose the one lower on the list if that makes sense because why do you even have to do that why do you have to be lower on the list to make someone else happy like why why is that a normal thing well 
it's it's not about putting yourself your own happiness lower but it's about and understanding why, that, and why is doing that thing for them making you not as happy as but if your happiness them. comes from making them happy then by association your compromise you yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i like that yeah so you know i, I think compromising self is is not the same as compromising for someone else hmm. unless it's like i don't know i couldn't even think of an idea <laughs> that is is like not that would fit into that realm if, if your passion is love and you, your wife or your friend or whatever yes then it's, then not, it's not compromising really self yeah, to exactly. put them first exactly. yeah exactly i think this the name of this episode will be in our opinion <laughs> in our opinion <laughs> It's a good one. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the slogan is uh, you are the who and how I am the who and how we are the who's and how's of this world. And right now we're going to ask Luke the, the question of the day, as we always do with people that are on that come and visit us on the club. Uh, Luke, who are you, sir? That's a tough question. Um, how would you define that? who I am in the simplest terms, I think would be, I'm just a guy with a lot of questions. And my goal is to ask people questions. Like, I think that that is honestly in the simplest terms of how to put my life. And only now has that clued in like on this conversation, in this conversation that I'm just a guy who has a lot of questions. That's the simplest way to put myself. Um, I don't think I'm some guru or expert. I don't think I have higher majority or authority than anyone else. I just have questions and I'm not afraid to ask them. I've never been afraid to explore myself, lead with vulnerability, um, and, and ask, ask stupid questions. People think that there's, there's no such thing as a stupid question. I, I honestly believe that, um, there's better questions that you can ask that are uh, that will get you the answer that you want. But I mean, I most, some of the best answers I've gotten from people have come from like the stupidest question on my, on my podcast, like a very basic generic one. And it, it really does matter in the context. Like if you and I were having a conversation and it, the, the stupid question was something like, you know, who are you? Well, typically people would say that's a stupid question. It provides no context. If you ask it as the first question, yeah, it provides no context. If you ask it as the fifth or sixth question, well, we've just had five questions and answers that frame who I am and I can build off of those five questions. So my answer would be completely different after with it being like the fifth or sixth question than it would if it was the first. So there's no such thing as a stupid question. Learn how to organize your questions and learn how to ask questions that get you the answer that you want. Even that's a process that you have to learn. So I'm just a guy that has questions. Some of them being stupid is is the way I'll put it. <laughs> yeah, you got to question everything. I believe in yeah. questioning everything. Everything. Yeah. I don't believe anything I'm showing. I'm Clearly. Just, I'm just, yeah, like, no. You don't believe in truth, objective truth. And I picked that up in the first, your first question. <laughs> um, Luke, if you were to define yourself in three words, to someone that just don't know you I, that didn't know you you know like i still don't fully know you but let's just say i knew nothing how would you and you're just walking in front of me for the first time and you got to be like hey i'm luke and these are the three things you need to know about 
what would you say? Hmm. It's a tough one. Three words to define myself. Hi, I'm Luke. I'm just like you. I don't know. I feel like that's one of the biggest things I've learned is that no matter who you talk to, whatever title they have, however high up in a company they are, what comes first all the time? The name they were born with, not the title that they're given or that they've earned. Like, hi, I'm Luke should be enough of like the three words that I would use to define myself. Hi, I'm Luke. I'm just like you. My name comes first. I put on both. I put on pants one leg at a time. I'm walking through life asking questions. I don't think it needs to be that complex. You know, I don't think it needs to be that woke or that wise. I, I just... Welcome to the who and how club where it becomes complex because you are not your name, Luke. I'm you exactly, not. well, I'm, the, I'm not well, my uh, name. To, to titles, right? Think about, think about Luke. Okay. Think about you as like an external, like, you know, Luke, you're Luke, but think about Luke for a second. What are the characteristics of Luke? The things that you would, you would maybe preface in a mm -hmm. conversation with, with, before getting into a relationship with someone let's just say or hey you this is something you need to know about me just a heads up kind of thing you know those those things about that make luke luke i'm honest i'm loyal and i don't know if i want to say like brash brash isn't the right word mm. up front Blunt. Like up front would be a good one. What'd you say? Blunt. Blunt. Yeah. Blunt would be a good one too. Authentic. Yeah. Those are, those are probably the, the biggest ones. I actually did a whole training with, with a, with a guy about my personality and like where I feel safest, mm -hmm. um, which was really interesting. It, it's six words. I have to go find them right now, but I will. I will find them just for you. Yes. And uh, here, let me just see. Da, da, da. My, my six words that he said were to define me were like authentic, valuable, approachable, loving, safe, and confident. So basically is that that's when I feel my most, like myself shining through the most. Um, and this was when I, the test you did? No, this was based off like a three hour conversation okay, uh, okay, of, okay. of me and him. And he takes you through like words. It's basically like you throw a ton of words and then you narrow it down to six and yeah. it's about different life stories and, and you cross out different ones, you ones that you think are more important, just like how we did with creative and growth, which one encompasses, which, change uh, or change sorry, change in growth, yeah. change in yeah. growth. So when I feel like my most self is when I'm authentic, approachable, loving, safe, confident. Like those are the five words, uh, invaluable. Mm. So those are like the six words that allow me to shine through. Cause I, I do think I am approachable. I do be think in like, I'm authentic. I am loving and I love creating safe spaces. You know, my podcast, I think of a safe space, all my podcasts, I think of safe spaces for people to come and share yes. Yes. and have conversation.
Yeah. Um, so I guess those would be my six words because <laughs> I've done the whole test. I just had to pull it up. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you for sharing. It reminds me of this uh, EQI test I took, like an emotional mm. intelligence test. And uh, I, I don't have it on me right now. It's in the room. But yeah, it like fits you into these categories. It kind of helped me like, you know, I guess uh, it just helps you like look at yourself in a different way. Like, oh yeah, I am like that. Or yeah, it's true. I do feel this way when this happens or whatever like that, you know? So it's cool when the, when these kinds of things come up and you do agree with them, but it's always cool to see the things that aren't on those sheets of paper that like, that you only you know about, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. just like in, going back to the Zodiac thing, like, you could say a bunch of you could read on a bunch of characteristics that a Virgo or a Taurus might have, but then you're like, what about this piece of me that's not on this list? Like mm. I, I'm also like, I'm stubborn as fuck. That's a bad example because Tor Torians are stubborn, but let's just say it wasn't. <laughs> I just, I just believe in it a little, but knows all the characteristics <laughs> that are encompassed in it. I think, I think it's honestly a load of crap, but. So you don't think the stars and everything tell our story no. at all? You, you, the day that you were born and the timing not, and all of that? Uh, no? You don't no. think that us being on forty, the 41st episode and those numbers going to five, four is my birthday month, so I'm April. So that's in our episode number, and then you're the you're the one that makes it five. You're born on the fifth. I, see, like, people just search for answers out of everything. I could I could pull together anything. It's just there. <laughs> you, people people will look for signs, and I I, I I like people. You know, if 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 you want to look for signs, all the power to you. But, I love this guy, man. Yo. You're killing me. You're so Literally, you're, you're okay. anti that, eh? Bro, I've had girls that I'll be like, "What? Oh my, we'll be talking for like a couple days." <laughs> so, what's your sign? Yeah, you're you're cut. You're yeah. Oh wait, 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 wait! I have to share this because I could I could relate to that one, but I I I had to do that when someone asked me what my love language was. I just cut it off. You could ask me my zodiac. I'm okay with that still, but my love language. I'm better with love. I, I can. I would rather they ask me love language. You and I are very balanced, man, my sir. Because don't uh, ask me that shit. Don't ask if they, me. What if they ask me like what time I was born on the day of in the day of birth, <laughs> and like what, and I'm like, you're like, get away from me, demon. <laughs> I'm like, girl, if you use crystals or any of that shit to predict your life, I'm sorry. We are, I'm predicting that we're not compatible. Um, and I don't need, I, I don't need the stars to tell me that we're not compatible. <laughs> I, I'll just say it to your face. Yo, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's tell the people how you and I connected. Matchmaker.fm. Jesus, sounds like a dating site, eh? Bro, I okay. They one of my goals. They need to change that. Bro, one one of my goals for twenty twenty one is no dating apps, right? Yeah. But like Matchmaker.fm is basically just a dating app for <laughs> podcasters. Exactly. I was literally having that conversation with someone yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we. Yeah. yeah so, so I just I was looking through Toronto uh, society and culture podcasts, and I see this one. I'm like, oh, this one looks pretty cool. Took a listen to an episode. Oh, this one's pretty cool. And then I reached out and I'm like, hey, want to do like a, 
episode swap, you seem like a pretty cool guy. And uh just like you would on a dating app, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, sl- hey, I slid in, hey, I slid into hey, the DMs. Hey, we're in each other's city. Uh yeah. oh you're Boosted only up 13, a bit? 13 kilometers away from me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, Boosted I was, up a yeah. bit. You said it was personalized. I honestly don't remember what I wrote, but uh you said it's one of the few that you reached out to. Like it didn't seem scripted, and I'm like, it's not. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was uh, like for me, it, it, I was happy. I didn't realize that you were from Toronto. And I, I was ecstatic when you told me that when we spoke over the phone because we had like an IG visual conversation, our first convos. And uh, no, like you said, like you kind of cover like the whole toxic, what, what it means, you know, masculinity and all that jazz. And mm-hmm. it just looked like it mirrored the stuff that I kind of talk about and just more therapeutic stuff and just self-reflecting and all of that so i'm like yeah let me let me holler at this guy because in comparison to other people who have contacted me it's just like uh you just want to be on the show or you just want to be a guest but you presented it like yo let's let's actually have a combo let's let's build off of this you know like it, it intrigued me and then when we spoke it was like right off the bat like me and this guy, it seemed like we had already spoken prior to that. And um, we already started coming up with ideas. And like, you're inspiring me literally to like, create another show. Like, I never thought I'm not even at episode 50 yet. And it's yeah. like, we're, we're already having a conversation and collaborating. And that keeps my juices flowing. Like, I like to have people around me that inspire me, that like, yeah, can same. bring that can bring ideas to the table too. Not just like I'm the only guy coming up with ideas, but you have something to bring to the table too. It has to be yeah. balanced because I have a strong personality and I could, I, once I see that a person isn't bringing anything to the table, I just take the shit over and yeah. like, there's no need for you anymore. You, you know? have like, a strong personality. I never would have noticed. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> t- tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us what, like talk about your show. Like what is the um like if a person were to listen to an episode tomorrow, like what episode would you recommend and why? That depends. It really depends on what you're looking like for. What can so they my, what can they expect from listening to? Yeah. So my podcast is all about discussing masculinity and manhood more intentionally and purposefully. Like that's my elevator pitch. Um the real focus on it is to get out of the idea that there's like a one size fits all idea of masculinity and really brought up the the conversation. So I've had conversations with like guys who are like suicidal, um, cross dressers, divorced fathers, single dads, my own dad, my friends, like literally across the board, many, many, many different types of people. Uh, I've had an, sick interview with a porn star one of the top male porn stars in the world actually uh that's a that's a really good one uh especially if you're interested in the world of a male porn star and how it relates to masculinity um probably my most listened to episode two and then uh the one with my dad is really good if if you're a young man or a young woman looking to have a conversation with your dad if you have a bad relationship or a great one it was the hardest conversation I had. It's the only one I felt that was most scripted because I really wanted to ask specific questions. Mm. Uh, so, so it was different for me and it was really hard. And I kept actually the show notes around like in the notes so that I could frame them one day, probably. Um, yeah. 
like I've talked about lots of different things, the fatherless uh, epidemic. I think there's a story out there for, I've talked to people from foster care. I talked to a guy for foster from foster care and how that created trauma in his life and, and the anger that he experienced and the separation from his sister and his parents. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that will talk to anyone, literally anyone, traditional masculine army vet, PTSD, OCD, cross-dresser, transgender, transsexual, anyone. If you have a story about masculinity, it's there. Or if it, if it's not there, I'm, I'm probably planning to have it. So I wouldn't say that there's, there's one episode to listen to, but there, there's a, there's a lot of good conversation and uh, what you can expect to get out of it is authentic, raw, vulnerable conversations that are safe, caring, loving, valuable, and uh, authentic. The, the six or whatever words I was talking about earlier. Yes. Um, what do you feel is... I wanted to actually ask you, do you speak to women at all on the show? To get their I do. perspective on... Okay. Yeah, so I'm actually interviewing one on uh, this Friday. So the th- whatever day that is, the 29th of January. Did I say January. female or women? I said women, well, right? You said woman. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they don't like female. No. no, I don't. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. It's uh, a term. I've talked to someone from the, a woman from the army, uh, a, woman that was a, <laughs> a, a woman that was a playboy uh, model. A woman yeah. that was a rape survivor and a woman that was is a feminist, self-declared feminist about what it means to be a feminist and how feminism and the the modern mindful masculinity are really the same thing. Like they're they're trying to achieve the same goals. Where do you get and then I, uh, porn and Playboy girl? Uh actually the the porn star viewed my LinkedIn profile. You're, you're, I, you're connected deep in the black market stuff. Eh? Bro, I thought this guy I honestly thought the porn star was a fake because he viewed my LinkedIn profile <laughs> and I'm like, what porn star has LinkedIn? And I went to his profile. I went to his profile and he had three connections and I'm like, what the hell? This guy's definitely a fake. And then I messaged, I, so I messaged him. I'm just like, whatever. I'll see if it's true. Oh, we bro. connected and then it ended up being the right guy. It's like he, he, it was the dude. Uh, yeah, I'm fucking it blew my mind. I got to go look that episode up. <laughs> it's episode 34. I want to say 33, 34, 35. Oh, well, four plus three is no, I'm I don't know. Uh, the, another woman, I'm, I actually have this book. It's called For the Love of Men, A New Vision for Mindful Masculinity. My favorite book about masculinity that I've read. It's by a woman. And I went into it thinking, you know, what is a woman going to tell me about masculinity? Ha ha ha. I- ignorant, naive, whatever. I came out of it being like, holy crap, I have so many different topics for my show now. And I'm actually interviewing her on Friday. So I'm very, very excited about that. She's probably my biggest guest, at least in the realm of of this conversation. So I'm very excited about that um well i do believe i I truly i don't know about you but i do believe that uh the opposite sex has a lot of insight to the opposite like i used to tell this say this is uh even now like if you're having issues let's say you're in a relationship right and you know you're in a, a hetero relationship and you're with a girl and you have issues with the girl with the girl you need some advice or whatever don't go talk to your boys about it Go talk to another girl about it. Go talk to another woman about a woman. 
you don't ask like you know what i mean like so you could they, there's some insight on the other sides like opposites but also you gotta go to like yeah i don't know yeah you gotta, well, well, there there's insight on both sides but i think the from men's side we don't take the time to get to know women as much like we think we don't have to but yeah. women are studying us when we least expect it you know what Bro, i mean so it's true when when I think about it, you know, I read Chanel Miller's book, Know My Name. She's the victim of uh, Brock Brock Turner, and you know, when I think about a lot of these things that are labeled as toxic masculinity, catcalling, um, rape, violence against women, like a lot of these things are women experience. They're they're the victims of this harm. Yeah. So why wouldn't you talk to the victim of harm? about that experience like you know and it's not to say that you put that opinion on a pedestal but it's to say okay why does catcalling make you feel unsafe like why don't you see it as a compliment um why do you see it you know how is a man walking down the street behind you at a constant pace or at the same pace as you intimidating and, and terrifying well you know you know you hear these stories about women getting like captured or or like the, the, there's just so much build up to these these women's experiences it's it's naive to say that that um they their opinions don't matter on a lot of these things because they are the victims in a lot of these cases and and i mean police talk to the victims of cases to find out who the perpetrator is don't they so i mean victims can tell you a better piece of the story than uh the committer exactly so i mean when, that's how when, i see it exactly when uh when a woman is in a relationship with a man who better to go talk to about a man than i mean like go talk to another man don't talk yeah. about another girl like even though women do have <clears throat> do have experiences like i hear what you're saying and then um i also feel like men we also know ourselves we know we know things you know, that yeah. we could share that maybe. And and one of the problems with society is that we've labeled that kind of conversation with other men when you're in a relationship as emotional intimacy with another person. Yes. When that's really dangerous to, to do, because I think women need platonic male relationships to yeah. be able to go and ask, ask that questions. And men need to not be jealous and vice versa and with vice versa. women. Yeah. yeah. Like it. And when you take away those opportunities to be open about your relationship with someone else, then it can be hard to get the answers that we're, you're kind of alluding to right now and, and what you may want, because then it feels like, oh, you've been told your whole life that that is a emotional intimacy with another person. It's basically cheating. Well, not really. If it's, if you're using it to build a relationship, there is over like there is oversharing for sure. And there's, there's blurry lines, but I still think it's important to. Uh, but I think we messed that, that up. We we messed that up because like we don't. Yeah. Think we messed it up because you can't. It's hard to be in anything with a, with the opposite sex without any attraction. Like it's rare to come across that. You have to not be attracted to the person on both ends, both sides. But I feel like there's always somebody that's attracted. So how can you trust the plutonic? You know what I mean? That might I mean, come across as toxic, but I'm just stating what I've seen, you know? like I mean, I, I have girlfriends that I'm close with, and yes, I do find them attractive, but I 
it's also not putting yourself in a position where you do anything. And also, I mean, if you've waited six years to make a move, oh, a guy, a, a guy will wait a decade. A guy will yeah. wait twenty years. A guy. So, and it, <laughs> it, it is it is complicated for sure. A man will wait his turn. We know this. We know it's this. true. Like I, I do have friends that are platonic friends. I do find women, attractive. Women, women are in control. Women are the ones deciding whether we get to be with them or not. One hundred percent. So it's imbalance. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's all fucked. It's we like, they do decide. They have a lot more power than than they care to admit. Sometimes exactly, exactly. Anyway, but they're not they're not oppressive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's another conversation. Another episode yeah. for sure. But I like this conversation about all of this. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, regard, going back to your show. So like you kind of explain what people can expect from your show, but what about you as a host? Like how would you, you know? Uh, I, I'd say much, expect? yeah, I'm more like you. I, I, so I do pre-calls with all my guests. I don't go into it super uh, blind because it is a, a vulnerable conversation. I need to make yeah. sure that they feel safe and comfortable with me talking asking them questions yeah. and talking about it. So there is a little bit more of a, a pre-call there, but you know, I, I ask questions that um, come from themes that I think are really important. And I, I put myself in the position of, you know, what I care about these questions. So I think other people would care about these questions too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really vet you know, questions from the audience. I mainly lead it as a person who is curious about the topics that I'm curious about and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did the first couple with questions that were pre-made and I felt like it was too sticky to not my style. So I much more prefer off the top having four or five themes circled on my page and then going from there. Yes kind of seeing what comes i think if you plan too much of an interview you can really damage the the outcome of that interview yeah so one thing that i did is i had three last questions that i always asked the problem with that is that i'd always try to fit in those last three questions knowing that there was only five minutes left so they were either rushed i didn't get to them on time or i was so focused on making sure that they finished their question like the, the other question earlier that i could fit them in that it kind of just came off like stuck staccato it didn't really transfer that well so you can you can expect a fluid and free-flowing conversation for sure with me and the guest and one that you know I share a lot about my vulnerabilities too. Uh I don't talk that much though. Like honestly, I I don't talk too much. I mainly just talk to to get a point and then ask them the question on that point. And uh that is the typical flow of my I'm very blunt very honest very authentic on my show i'll ask again as i said stupid questions so that's what you can expect from me as a host kind of just free-flowing fluid and overall fan-damn-tastic yeah i could tell i could tell talking to you is easy and i think that's important when hosting a show like you gotta make sure that the like you create that safe space like you said earlier right and also listening like communication is key and like people think communicating is just the verbal but it's also how you're intaking the information mm-hmm. and listening to another person speak and sharing pieces of themselves so uh, it's good that it's good to know that you're you're sort of like uh yeah 
it's you're you set a good tone, I guess, for the guests, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure that they feel comfortable, safe. And some people are practiced. Other people, it's like the first time, like they might be on a lot of podcasts, but it's the first time that you're talking specifically about that topic. Mm, um, yes, yes, yes. So it's a bit different. And that's why I'm able to get some of the guests that I am is because they've, you know, they're like, oh, they're intrigued by that topic and how it correlates. They've never really explored it. It's something off brand for them. And if you pitch it that way, a lot of people might be interested. Mm. Uh, you and I, so let's do a quick lightning round and then we'll get into ask the, the Ask the Club segment and then we'll mm-hmm. close off. Um, you and I had a conversation two nights ago about if there's ever been a moment or an interview that you've had where you were like, fuck, I wish it went totally different based on how I thought it would go and stuff like that. Is there ever, is there a structure that you're looking to implement into your shows right now to kind of like avoid that from ever happening? Yeah. So, uh, there was a point when I was basically just accepting everyone onto my show. Um, and now I'm a little bit more like, so I was featured in a newsletter that got me like 60 inbound requests of those 60. I think I did 30, maybe 25 recordings of that. So I was still vetting people, but not like super well. I was still uncomfortable saying no to people if their stories didn't hit that well. So now it's more about me going out and actually putting in the work to recruit speakers, like recruit guests, um, ones that I know I want on my show. And that's kind of my been my approach so that that doesn't happen in the future. But also, I mean, I've had interviews that I thought went really poorly. And then the week I was going to post them, it was the exact things I was thinking about that week and like my own self-reflection. I'm like, this is exactly what I needed at this exact time. Um, Call it the stars aligning, call it Virgo and podcasting. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's mesmerizing how that can happen. Favorite guest. Favorite guest. Man, there's been so many good ones. Alan Stein Jr. is a really good one. We talk about emotional intelligence. He used to be a uh, NBA performance coach. So he's worked with like Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, um, Kevin Durant, a lot of the the top talent in the NBA. That was really interesting. Another one was like the biggest get I had gotten on a personal level was Jason Lee. I don't know if you know Jubilee Media on YouTube, but they got like 6 million subscribers. They have like the Middle Ground series, Spectrum, all these different really cool series about really cool topics i got him to come on my podcast too so those would probably be two of the and the porn star those would probably be my top three like those are those are pretty elite conversations and the one i'm recording this week will probably be uh top five podcasts that you listen to top three top three um one's called the angry therapist it's so good he talks about relationships he talks about like their micro um, segments, episodes two, some ranging between four minutes and 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Super good. Uh, so the angry therapist, fantastic. He's one of my dream guests too. He's got some fantastic books too. Modern manhood. So it's by this, uh, organization called next gen men. I've had their founder come on my podcast too. Uh, it, it talks about some of the same topics in a different way than I do in a, like more like a journalistic avenue. Uh, I really like that one. It gives me some ideas of what to talk about on my podcast and and how to go there. And then hmm, another one that I listen to, probably like the School of Greatness or On Purpose, like more of the cliche big ones. 
uh, one by Jay Shetty and the other one by uh, Lewis Howes. So Lewis Howes wrote a book called The Mask of Masculinity, but he's also got a huge podcast. That book is one of the books that like inspired me to go on this journey too. So School of Greatness would probably be my third one. Okay. And episode, episode goal, like what is the, how many episodes are you in right now? Uh, I've recorded 70, but released 62. So what's your ultimate number to, to get to that you, you feel like, oh, I didn't know I would get to this number. Bro. I know you want like, to keep going, but like, what's like, the, what's the, the number num- you can't wait for? I never thought I'd make it to the 20, to be honest. So the fact that I'm already at 61, 62, uh, pretty awesome to me, to be honest. Number that I would want to get to, like, I don't, honestly, it's never been about the number for me. Uh, so I can't really give you an answer there. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. This is the point, part of the show where, like, our guests get to uh pretty much present their own questions and bring their questions to the table any inquiries whether it's directed directly towards me the show the concept its listeners uh so people could kind of chime in and for for next week and we share them on the episode um so to my knowledge you brought a couple questions i know you asked one of them earlier uh you got more i do i have two more so i every day i go on a walk and uh, today at 5 p.m. So I went on it before we recorded this. And two questions kind of came to mind. So ask, knowing- Ask one at a time, yeah? I will, I will. Okay, I will. okay. So the first one is, I know you're like a creative or, and stuff. So where does your inspiration come from? Like, is it from trauma? Is it from your past? Like, cause I think a lot of the time it's hard to know where that core can come from. And as you kind of alluded to earlier, who you are in your soul stays constant, but the outside kind of changes. Like who, where does that inspiration in your soul come from to do what you do? I have a lot to say. Keep it short. Yeah, I have a lot to say. I have a lot. No, 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 no. I mean, I see how that happened there. No, I'm I'm telling you where it comes from. Like, oh, the, okay. The the urge to say, to say things, you know, to to mm. share pieces of my story and who I am to the world. Like my, I want to inspire people, but not only from the good that I've been through or experienced in my life, but also the stuff that have have challenged me. I'm not going to use the word bad because that's relative. Like what another person might consider bad might not have been bad to me. I might look at it now and say, that's just who I was meant to go through that so that I could be here today. So I could tell this story, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. not that bad. It's about how you look at it. So the urge to just speak and to, to, like, I think that sometimes we come across creatives that exist or let's say famous people and they don't share the wealth. They don't share the, the knowledge or the experience, the stuff that took them to get them where they're at today me i want to share everything i want people to be on this journey with me i don't want to be selfish with my knowledge or my experiences Mm -hmm. i want to inspire people i want to show that even though you've been through all of this you could overcome it you know what i'm saying so 
Love that. Yeah. <laughs> when you said a lot, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no. That's a, <laughs> but now I get it. Um, no, I, I think it's true. Cause I, you know, for me, I have a lot to say, but I also have a lot to learn and I want to learn before I, I say more. Um, so yeah, I, I love that answer. Cause I think I'm in the same position where it's like, you know, a lot of people have come to me in school and whatnot. I was pretty good at participation and people knew that I was a smart guy and I had a lot to say and I would say it if it was on my mind. So I, re I relate to that answer. The second question I have is, do you consider yourself a creative or a creator? Mm. And cause I know you got the music, I know you got the podcast and you, you do a lot of creative stuff, but I'm, I'm curious if, if you think there's a difference between those two things and which one you would say you are. Yeah, there you go. So I have a, I have a, um, I have words on my fridge that are sort of like my daily affirmations, right? And one of the things that I say, or that's on my board, is that I am a creative. There are many things that I say, many things that I, you know, there's a list of what I read daily. I am strong. I am this. I am that. I am a creative, but I'm also creative, right? Um, but the creator, I mean, I think they're, I think they're synonymous. Like, I don't think that there's a separation per se. I don't like to say that. I don't like to limit. I don't think we should limit ourselves to those titles, like an artist, or I'm sorry, not a rapper or a podcaster or whatever. You're a creator. You're creating something. You've brought something to life. You you've thought of something and now maybe you written, you wrote it down and now that thing is in the flesh. You could see it, it's tangible. That makes you a creator. You know, we, I, that's why I feel like we do have a creator because we, we could feel this. This is, we don't just appear, you know, you create the, your ideas and you bring them to life. So that's what makes you a creator, you know? But you are creative. You are a creative because of the mind frame that you're com that you're coming from or creating from. You know the things that you're you're pushing out to in the ether, the the mm -hmm. inspiration that you want to promote. So uh, yeah, I guess both. And and to simplify it, I would say both. Yeah. Yeah, because because I was thinking about it on my walk, and I'm like, I would think of. Kanye, Travis Scott as and like Jay-Z, Dr. Dre as creators. And then I would think of people like maybe Lil Wayne and Kendrick Lamar more as creatives. Like they, they don't really go outside of, of one realm of creativity, even though, and, and Dr. Dre was music, art, uh, beats, you know, Jay-Z has, is a, businessman and entrepreneur of many different things. Kanye's got freaking Adidas music, one of the most inspirational people in all of music. Travis Scott, freaking McDonald's and shit. Uh now is alcohol drink. So that's how I was thinking of it in a yeah. in a in a lens. Um and knowing that you have music and podcasts and it seems like other things that you love to do. I would feel more you like you're a creator and then I'm more of a creative because I stay in, in my lane. That's how I was direct differentiating it in my brain. Mm. But don't you find that you're still a creator because you're creative? 
like you're like you've created something of course right yeah but you're creative in the sense because you're you're creating <laughs> like, i think of creator more as like an innovative sense mm. so you don't think little wayne and them are creators no because they're just staying in this in this pocket yeah because they're but more they're in the pocket create, but they're still creating music yeah that is something to be created to, to it's really much a semantics yeah, it's like a semantics conversation, but it was one I wanted to ask you and see. So it's it's funny that you have the affirmations. Uh, I'm happy I asked it now because it's it fits very well. One hundred percent. Yeah, and then I guess the last question now, knowing that you have daily affirmations and stuff, do you do you believe <laughs> in the power of that stuff and and believe in uh, yeah? So the affirmations, law of attraction, those things. Yeah, you gotta believe in yourself. You gotta see the things that you wanna be or that you wanna feel. Like, if I don't believe it, no one else will view me that way. Not that I care who views me as anything, anyway. But I wanna just there's they they're there as reminders, so to speak. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah, this is who I am. These are the things that I want. This is what I see for myself. This is how I view myself, and this is how it's gonna be. You know what I mean? Like I think, yeah. I think the word, the, our voice, our tongue, it is sharp. And you know, when we put our ideas out on paper and see our ideas, like imagine, like we don't think about that, but like you think of something and you write it out. Like that's so, that's such a crazy thing to fathom, but we do that, and that's so amazing. But we take that for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, we 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 turn our ideas into things. You know, like this podcast. I wrote this shit down like a year ago, not just because or a year and change ago, not because I just planned it out why it happened, but it was like, it's something I saw for myself at some point. I, I wanted to get into radio, you know, but it got, it, it brought me to this platform. So, and the podcast was on the radio at one point. Mm -hmm. And then I, I couldn't take like, I couldn't take the, the limits of radio. The limitations of radio you know you can't swear you can't you're on like a timed you're on a clock you know like the time's running out the show can only be this long i want it to be free mm -hmm. so i do feel I'm, that the, yeah yeah i'm the same i don't like uh restrictions on my work and and actually fun fact i wrote down in june of 2019 i think maybe earlier that I was going to have three podcasts by June, mm. 2020. And I had three, three podcasts by June, 2020. Mm. So, so I believe in the power of writing things down too. Yeah. You're how you speak. People don't think about how they speak of themselves. Even. Oh, like, Oh, I'm so stupid. Why did I do like, you have to watch what you say about yourself, you know, cause it'll, you'll become that. So I yeah. In the power of your word, your voice, your tongue writing things down your brain even we could think things into existence i've drawn girlfriends of mine like i've drawn them out like they don't know i drew you i drew you i you came here because yeah. that fat ass i drew it <laughs> that those curly that curly hair i drew that bruh, <laughs> bruh. so you, so you kind of could you could create your life like do you yeah. believe that that you could create your life I think so. I think you can map it out. I like I envision um not in the planning sense. I'm talking about like let's say there's a house you want 
and you draw that house, your vision of your house, and it just, the, the years to come, whether it's eight months, six months, three years, you, you, you forgot you even drew that house. Yeah. But three years from the moment you drew it, it's like, wait a fucking minute. This is the same, like, like the, event, I... the events that took place from the moment yeah. it brought you to it, you know? Yeah, like when I think of, I can, I, when I think of specific guests that I want on my show, there's two in specific, Terry Crews and Justin Bieber, two guys that I want to have on my show. This guy's laughing me. at me. You kill me. What are you talking about? Those are Yo, so random. What do you mean? Terry Crews has actually a full book called Manhood. And I would love to talk to Justin Bieber because he's becoming a little bit more open about his rough uh, time and rough childhood or, or not childhood, but like when he was 16 through 20. Um, those would be fascinating conversations. I can literally imagine how Terry and I would do like record our episode. I like that. Like I can, I can picture it in my head. Same with Justin Bieber. I can picture it like the backdrop, the setting, everything in my head. I can, I can, I'm like, this will be, this will become true. This will be how it, how it happens. This will be how it takes place. Yes. So yes, I believe I can draw, but I don't plan it. I don't, like I plan it that way, but I will know when I get there, I'm like, this is deja vu. This is exactly how I planned it. Like mapped it out in my head and envisioned it in my head. Yes. I'm with you. All right. Well, with that said, I know the conversation could go on for hours between us, but we're going to let the viewers take a break from us. The next time they see us together, I'm going to be on your show in about a month. But in between that time, we're going to be talking about uh, our ideas and our series um so the viewers will be seeing a lot of us very soon any last words to the people luke no that's uh that's all i got it it um go out be who you are own who you are and uh and you'll get there you'll get wherever you're planning to go i I believe everyone gets to where they're trying to go at some point and tell the people where they could find you uh you can find me on instagram at the imperfect pod on facebook at the imperfect pod you can email me at luke at the imperfect pod.com um i have a facebook group called the imperfect group um those are like the four best places to contact me Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, everywhere. I'm all I'm in all those places. So uh yeah, that's kind of it. That's uh it's very simple where to find me, where to contact me, and that's all I got for you. Uh are you typing up an essay for school over there? Like what's going on? Uh well, I have that talking hockey recording at eight and it's three past, so they're asking me where I am. And that's <laughs> that's what's happening right now. It, all right with that said ladies and gentlemen you know the slogan you are the who and how i am the who and how we are the who's and how's of this world and you've been listening to the who and how club episode 41 go check out luke and the imperfect pod on all uh platforms that you could uh find a podcast on and you'll be seeing us very soon all right Uh, i'll check in with you guys in one week one let's go thank you for having me Thank mm-hmm. you.